sermon. All right. Hey, well, obviously today is a historic day in the life of our church. And those of you in the barn, how fun is it to see a full barn again? It's been a long time <laughs> since we've had a, a full barn. This is so fun. Balcony people, we see you up there. I hope you enjoy the hors d'oeuvres uh, up there and, and the, uh, the Chuck Wright Scrabble game. I don't know how you do it from down there, Chuck, but it's going on every time up in the balcony. So, of course, we're gathered here today to learn who our new uh, next lead pastor is. So just so you know how it's going to go, you'll be hearing from me and then you'll be hearing from Amy Hayes and Alina Rich, our current chair of the elders and our current vice chair, Alina, who will be our chair next year. You'll also get to meet our lead pastor today and you'll be hearing from him as well. But we're not just going to jump straight into the announcement of who. I know during the meet and greet, some of you are like, I don't know this person. I wonder if the person I met is... Uh, we're not going to jump straight to the who. We also just want to lay out the how. Here's how we came to this decision. I'll also give a quick update on what's going on in my new ministry as well. So in about 15 or 20 minutes, that's probably how long that'll take, 15 or 20 minutes, you'll know who the next lead pastor is. You'll get to meet him. You'll get to hear from him on the stage. And then, of course, after service, you'll get to meet him in person as well. I'll just say, having met him already, I'm very, very excited for you. Uh, he's a phenomenal human being. I, I just think God has been uh, so good to this church. All right, so a quick update from me. Uh, as many of you know, for 16 years, my formal ministry has been here in this congregation, 26 years in local church uh, ministry. My informal ministry has been to church leaders across the front range. Uh, not long after I got to Discovery, I wasn't quite sure how to be a lead pastor, so I reached out for help from others and just ended up finding myself constantly coaching and serving other pastors in the front range. That was just something I did out of survival and God turned it into a ministry. Uh, God gave me some unique early experiences when I was very young. I also had some particularly specialized training. And over the years, I've turned those experiences and that training into sort of a, it's like a rule of life for leaders. It's like a framework for how leaders can navigate their own well-being and their organizational health. And I've been teaching that framework here at Discovery for about 10 years now. And this year, Lisa and I felt a strong sense from God that it was time to share that, uh, that framework outside of just discovery, but nationally and internationally. So when I announced in March that I'd be stepping into that new role and doing that full time, if, if those of you who are here, I told you then that I was very excited and I was also afraid. Um, I'm just here to update you. I'm no longer afraid. Uh, um, God has opened more doors than I can walk through. I have more opportunity than I can manage. I'm, what I've been telling uh, my friends is I'm drowning in opportunity. It's unbelievable. My teaching is now in 16 countries. My travel schedule is booked through the end of June. I'm speaking with a publisher in January about my next book. I have a waiting list of people who want to be trained and certified so they can coach the tools that I've developed. So I'm deeply grateful that God has opened these doors and more importantly, that God has given me this amazing ministry to Christian leaders. This time last week, I was in Northern Ireland working with Christian leaders and a couple of days before that, I was in three different places in England and I got to bring two of my kids with me. I feel like I'm living an incredible dream because I get to bring relief and encouragement to some amazing Christian leaders all over the world, and it's amazing. 
So my informal ministry has become my formal full-time ministry, and uh, I'll always be a pastor. That's really not changing. In some ways, I guess my parish is changing, but I'm still very much in ministry. And I will wrap up full-time at Discovery in December, and then I'll take a brief break in 2022, uh, January through March, and then I'll come back on staff in a limited part-time supportive role. Uh, I will serve at the pleasure of our next lead pastor. The plan now is for me to be in a supportive role, do some occasional preaching and some pastoral care, but honestly, my role will simply be whatever is best for discovery and whatever is best for our next lead pastor's success. I'm really excited about where God is leading this church, and I just want to say that none of this would have been possible without the generosity and discernment of our elders who have encouraged Lisa and I and been supportive of us every step of the way. Our incredible staff has navigated this past several months with me being around less. I owe a deep debt of gratitude to Tom Morris, who's faithfully led and carried a heavier load to free me up as I developed this new ministry. I would not be in this position without our elders, our staff, without Tom. Uh, this church has some incredible people. So I just want to have a quick word about transition, and then I'll ask uh, Alina and Amy to come up and share. It turns out that in the Bible, there's a lot of leadership transition recorded. In the Old Testament, particularly in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, we get to see a lot of leadership transition as kings come and go. Some serve for decades, some serve for weeks. But the people have to constantly adjust to new leadership through all of Israel's history. We also see leadership transition in the book of Acts as the early church explodes and flourishes and as previous pastors go off to different ministries. What's interesting to me is through the book of Acts and the Old Testament, God seems to be paying attention to very specific dynamics during leadership transition. In the Old Testament, if you look at Samuel and Kings, no matter who the king is, as some of the kings were terrible and some were amazing, but no matter who the king was, what God was most interested in is are the people worshiping the holy name of God? Are they orienting their entire life around the centrality and sovereignty of God? That was one. And the second concern God had is do they care about the poor? Through, through Samuel and Kings, Good king, bad king, transition, or the change, those were the two things. Are the people worshiping God as sovereign? Do they care about the poor? In the New Testament, the concern, again, is for the people. Is everybody needed and known in this local church? Is everybody seeing themselves as essential to the well-being of the local church? Is everyone serving and uplifting what's called in the Bible the body of Christ? So I'm going to invite Amy and Alina to come up. And just as they do come up, I just want to tell us as a church, this is an incredible opportunity for all of us to embrace where God's leading us, to follow our next appointed leader from God, and for all of us to roll up our sleeves and to actively be the body of Christ together. I'll now hand over to these ladies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. Good morning. Um, right on. Um, as Steve said, my name is Alina Rich. I'm the vice chair of the elder board here at Discovery Christian Church. I also served on the pastoral transition committee uh, within the board along with Cody Gratney. And I'm standing here today with Amy Hayes. Y'all, we, we did plan to speak before you. Uh, we did not plan our wardrobe to match, though, so we're the puffy sleeve sisters up here. 
Um, a couple of weeks ago, Amy shared that after a thorough and prayerful process, the elder board, along with input from the staff, chose a new lead pastor for our church. And y'all, we are so excited to share this with you this morning, who our next lead pastor is. But please bear with me a little longer. Um, we're building suspense. We're really excited. And you guys are very patient. Because I do want to share with you the process of selection we went through this past year, and really to acknowledge some of the individuals who came alongside the elders to help with this search. So after Steve shared with the elders a little over a year ago that he decided to transition out of the lead pastor position at Discovery, we immediately turned to our pastoral transition plan and committee. And we've had a pastoral transition plan in place for years. It's just part of the elder board. And then we also have a committee where we bring on new people every year. And of course, Cody and I were on it. I just really need to pause here, though, and tell you, I am so incredibly grateful to have served on this committee with Cody. His wisdom, his kindness, and his deep love for the Lord were such blessings to me and all of us during this process. Cody, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I'm so grateful for you. So then there we were. We had to begin this process. Um, the elders created a list of characteristics that we were looking for in our next lead past pastor to help us through the process. We did end up refining that throughout the search, but really the key qualities we were looking for in a new lead pastor included theological acumen, the ability to form community connections, a great preacher, and someone who would embrace the current vision of discovery as well as bring their own. So we acknowledged what we didn't know about how to find a newly pastor, and we hired a consultant named Jeff Surratt, who not only had experience with transitions, but he knew Steve well, and had been a big fan of Discovery for many years, so he knew us, he knew our DNA. Jeff guided Cody and I through many months of meetings, candidate reviews, and tough conversations. We started the process of advertising the position on various seminary and st church staffing websites, both in Colorado and in other states. We gathered a search advisory committee and asked them to give their time and talents to review applications and in interview candidates. And I really cannot stress enough how much of an investment of time and energy this was and how incredibly seriously everyone took their responsibilities. Um, we deliberately didn't share the names of the people on the committee because we wanted to direct folks to the website and to the email address that we had if you had questions. And many of you took advantage of that, so thank you so much for reaching out. But I do now want to publicly thank each member of the committee. Lene Spicer, Cassidy Fahey, Jeff Stanley, Kim Hagel, and John Hayes. This team not only encouraged each other, but they challenged us to be curious, to ask hard questions, and they loved our candidates so well. So a huge thanks to each of you for your dedication to this process. We also had another committee that was working in tandem with us the prayer team. Led by one of our elders, John Neal, this committee met weekly to pray over the candidates, the search team, Steve and Lisa, the elders, and actually over all of you as well during this transition process. We asked each candidate how we could be praying for them through this, and they shared so much with us, as we, and we passed that along to the prayer team. This team was so faithful, and we thank you. Joan Wright, Kathy Williams, Dave Little, Sharla Wright, Sharon Vickers, thank you. Your prayers were felt and so greatly appreciated, and not just by us, but even our candidates mentioned how awesome it was that the church that they were applying to was praying for them during this process. We had over 35 applicants um, from all across the nation who submitted written and video responses to the application questions we asked. 
along with links of their sermons. Our committee reviewed all of this, spent hours watching videos um, and listening to sermons. They then spent even more hours on the phone with candidates and then again on Zoom meetings with Cody and me and Jeff um, to make our list of candidates to send to Steve and the elders. That was phase one and phase two. Phase three and four included Steve and Jeff Surratt interviewing this whittled down list of candidates over the phone and sending recommendations to the elders, who then did small group interviews with the candidates. After all of this, we had four candidates who did a more formal interview with the elders via Zoom, and that was all of us. Um, and Tom Morse participated in that as well. Um, from those interviews, we decided to bring three of the candidates to Discovery to meet with staff, participate in the church service, and really just to check out Colorado. Like, what is Broomfield? What are we all about? Um, these were incredible weekends. I gotta tell you guys, we had some truly amazing individuals who came to visit. They shared very openly, very candidly, their lives, their hurts, their struggles, their vision, um, and their love of Christ. <laughs> that was phase five. I would be remiss, though, if I didn't pause here and thank our staff at Discovery who were very involved in those um, in-person visits. They met with our candidates and took time to share their impressions with us. You know, it's not often that you get to interview your own boss, right? Um, but they got to do that, and we so greatly appreciated your um, time and feedback. Thank you, staff. So after all those in-person meetings, the board gathered to prayerfully consider all the information before us. This included not just the materials that the candidates had submitted, but staff comments and reflections, personal interactions and thoughts. So this was phase six. The elders voted, an offer was extended, and the offer was accepted. On that cliffhanger, I'm gonna pass to Amy. <laughs> As you can see, I have a couple pages of notes. However, before I say anything about this, I'm going to introduce to you our new lead pastor, Zach Krieger. Come on up. Please join us up here. Please give Zach a warm welcome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. This is the heart of our church, such a warm, welcoming place, as you know. So before, Zach's going to speak here in a few minutes, but I just wanted to share a little bit of background about this wonderful, tall, smiling man next to me. <laughs> I wore my highest heels today of this. Um, <laughs> so Zach was born and raised in Broomfield, Colorado. I don't know if you all knew that or not. Uh, he went to college at Biola University, and there he studied classical literature and Christian education. It is at Biola that he met his future wife, Ashley, who was also studying there. She was studying psychology, and then Ashley ended up finishing her degree in counseling at Denver Seminary, and that's about the time that they got married. For the past 14 years, Zach has served at, on Young Life staff, and for the last 10, he has served in our area with kids from our area um, as the area director of Broomfield Adams County Young Life. During that time, Zach com completed a master's degree of Christian leadership at Fuller Seminary. 
And also during that time, Zach and Ashley became proud parents of three boys, Brogan, who's now 11, Deacon, who's nine, and Oaks, who's four. About nine years ago, Zach and Ashley started attending Discovery after being invited by Nancy Movic and also a group of friends who'd been doing house church together. And since then, they have served in many capacities. They've served in children's ministry. You've probably seen Zach up here being a host. Um, they are obviously involved with connecting with as a Young Life partner to Discovery. And then Zach has done a handful of sermons, which he began to enjoy just a little too much to just do quarterly. <laughs> so Alina mentioned a few of the traits that we were looking for in a lead pastor. Zach embodies all these traits and so much more. You will find Zach to be incredibly passionate about leading believers and non-believers into a deeper relationship with Jesus. He is someone with great inner strength and maturity. He is compassionate, he is kind, and he is a leader that people want to follow. He is someone that I am call, proud to call a friend. Also, as Alina mentioned earlier, we conducted a thorough national search for our next pastor. We had excellent candidates from all across the country. We ultimately chose the candidate who, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we felt was right, and also who had best met the criteria that we set. We are incredibly, happy, incredibly happy that that person just happens to be a local resident and a member of Discovery. So, what is next? We are going to give Zach a few weeks to finish out his tenure at Young Life. He's got a lot of things to wrap up there. That's a large chapter in his life to close. In the meantime, we are going to hear from Steve and a few other people on Sundays. And then on December 12th, Steve will officially hand the pastoral baton to Zach up here on stage. And then after that, those two services, we are going to have an appreciation luncheon for Steve and Lisa, just to honor them, and you are all invited to that. Do we have the dates up here? We can stick those up, thanks. And then on December uh, 17th, we're gonna have a meet and greet with Ashley and Zach, and that's gonna be during our Discover Christmas event. And then on December 19th, Zach will preach his first sermon as lead pastor. And that's official, and we would really encourage all of you to be here just to welcome him in just a big, hearty way that day. So this is a time for our church. It's a time for our church to transition. Change is difficult regardless of the circumstances, and we are so fortunate that Discovery gets to experience this transition from our lead pastor, Steve, who has served so well and he is admired and respected. Um, he has been with us for 16 years, and we get to see the transition from Steve to Zach in such a healthy, positive situation. God is so good. He has been with us through this whole process, and he will continue to walk with us in the next season that we are entering. So now, let's hear a few words from Zach. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Alina. Um, I, know, I know several of you. There are some of you that I don't know by way of both introduction and then just talking about where I'm excited to get to go together. Um, when I was 16 years old, the youth pastor at my church said, hey, why don't you and my best friend, Ken, why don't you guys come run dodgeball for the middle school youth group? And we were like, great, we got nothing else to do. 
And I drove home that night, and, and it was like for the first time in my life, somebody asked me to do something meaningful. Because when, when we got done, it just so happened, coincidence, that, oh, we didn't have anybody to ask these four questions to these sixth grade boys that are here tonight. Can you guys just hang around and ask these questions? So we played dodgeball, but then we sat with some sixth grade dudes, and we talked about Jesus. And on the way home, I was like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. So I went to Bible, Bible college, and my sophomore year there, there was this additional piece of calling of be with kids, talk about Jesus, not vocationally in the church. And I was a church kid, and I had no idea what God was up to. Um, but that set me on a trajectory that ultimately led me to Young Life, which is a parachurch organization that works with kids who don't go to church predominantly. And the last 14 years have been incredible. Uh, my time on seminary began to introduce a new thing, and my time as an area director began to introduce a new thing because so much of the job of an area director is mobilizing adults to go care for those kids. And that became this place of deep joy, and a seminary continued to pour more things into me. My heart to help adults understand discipleship and the need for Christians to be outside the walls of the church grew exponentially. So a couple things, hi. This is a little bit of my story. I'm going to get a lot of time to share more stories in the coming years. Um, but I've been a pastor at 16. And I was a pastor in college. And I was a pastor in young life. So this is a continuation for me. But we are a church of pastors. And if you're 16... <laughs> You have a job in this place and outside of this place. And if you're in college, if you're in seminary, if you've never been to any of those things or don't know what they are, if you're 80 years old, if you're older than that, we are all pastors in this place. And that means that we gather here, we will worship, this will continue to be a place of deep and rich hospitality and growth and discipleship but this will be a place that we will leave and continue to be the fragrance and the aroma of Christ in the community of Broomfield and all around. That's what I'm excited to be a part of. So I would say this. This has been a weird couple of years, right? In COVID, in this community, we've had a ton of transition. It's created space to develop some bad habits, to just take church easy, take it light, to not get involved. There's so many good reasons why not to. This is an invitation at the beginning of a new chapter. Jesus' plan A and only plan has always been his church. Something exciting is coming. I am inviting you to be a part of it here because, y'all, it's going to be so much fun. I'm so delighted to get to be in this role as lead pastor. I am very excited, most of all, to just get to be a part of the process of all of us pastoring in this community together. Thanks. I'm excited for what's to come. Great. Welcome back up, Steve. Uh, let me bring up our elders and Ashley, Zach's wife as well. One thing Zach did not mention is he is still both feet in Young Life. We had a quick Zoom yesterday. He was up at a Young Life camp in Colorado. If you know anything about camping with teenagers. There's no sleep. So Zach's running on almost zero sleep right now. He came back in the wee hours in the morning. I, I just want to say a couple of things uh, about Zach. Obviously, when I came to Broomfield in 2005, 
uh, one of the things that was really important to me is that Discovery be a church that's essential to its city. A, a church, I believe, ought to be a place that if it goes away, the city notices. And so we very early on started doing local connections, and I heard about Zach before I ever met Zach. I'd be in these boring uh, meetings in the city uh, talking about, I shouldn't have said that probably officially, but some city meetings are boring. I'm just going to say it. Talking about social needs of the city, and I kept hearing this name, Zach Krieger, Zach Krieger, because he was bringing young life into the very same fabric of the city. Uh, we have a midnight mass uh, every Christmas. It's one of our favorite church services. And a couple of years ago, we asked Zach if he and Young Life would run it. And it's now packed out. We, the last year, we did a midnight service. I remember thinking, how do you do two midnight services? Because there's not enough room for everybody that's coming. Uh, and also, as a previously unchurched kid myself, I'm so thrilled that we have not just a, a, someone with a great theological education that Zach does, but someone with a heart for unchurched people because that's always been the heartbeat of our church. So thank you, Zach. Thanks, Ashley. And I'm going to hand over to Cody as he leads us in prayer. Hi, everyone. Let's bow our heads and pray. Hey, God, it's Cody. We remember every beginning has its ending, and every ending has a new beginning. Thank you, God, for sending Steve and his family, and letting them be part of our lives for many years. We pray for the next chapter in Steve's journey as he looks to make this change and feeling led by you to shift his focus from leading discovery to helping to lead people from around the world. Please be with him as he takes on this step in faith. Jesus, as we shift our leadership we pray for Zach and his family as they move into this new role. Be by his side as he puts your words into focus for us and challenges us to listen, grow, pray, and act based on those words. Help him to interpret your directions for this church and where we will move in the future. We pray over our church as a whole, and we know that no matter who leads our church, you are in control, and you are leading us. We cannot see the path, but put our trust in you and know that you are there guiding us to your intentions. We ask that Discovery can share our hope in God and his love for all of his children, the sick, orphaned, widowed, the lost, those who don't know you. Help us to show them and each other that the grace of God allows each of us to be loved even though we fall short. Change is often scary though, but your word encourages us to change. Your faithful servants embrace change. I pray that we follow Abraham's example and walk in faith when we obey the things that you have called us to do. Abraham was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. I pray that we too walk faith first into change. Amen.